by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code, with your host, Charles Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullen. this thing about the, the, the real person, and we go, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Party, party. All right. So here we yeah. are. We're in college. We got college be. party. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's a national holiday in college. And I, I want to say something funny. before we do anything else. Now, you never did anything for St. Patrick's Day, did you? Personally? No, connecting the show, the show to it. Did the keg do a St. Not when I was there. I think when I left, I remember I, I told the story really called about an apologetic to all my friends, Connor in Ireland. I don't know. You know, I didn't know you. We should have done it. Yes. Maybe your done it. and uh, maybe I mean, Connor's fan fiction will be about St. Patrick's Day. That's right. At California University in season four. When? <laughs> what, a, what a segue to start. No, great segue. Not, to, not to get, bad, huh, guys? Not bad. To, to get things going. Listen, we want to tell everybody on April 7th is our one-year anniversary show. And so we're doing Story Slam. Did you, did you like that, Larry? That gave yes. it a little WWE. <laughs> story, story Slam. Slam 90210. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Uh, so basically how this is going to play out is we've all had had these fantasies. I'm dating Claire, whatever. Someone wants to be, be in a relationship with Dylan. They're the love triangle, whatever it is. We want to hear all of your stories. And these guys are going to develop them a little bit further. So the best way to get that to us is to DM us on any social media, a 30-second video, and uh, then we're going to start looking through them, and we're going to pick out the best ones. And uh, go ahead, Chuck, what you got? Got to remember the key thing. Okay. Only three beats in your story. Your story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's right. I I have a thought, too. I think it works best if you take one of our storylines from one of the first seven seasons and put yourself in the middle of it. Like maybe you're there when Brenda, when the peach pits robbed and the guy comes in there. Now you have a whole story with Brenda and then it ends up and we pick up the show again, but somehow we have the lost episodes that you star in. That's right. That's right. Yes. I love that. I love that. Or it's, I think it's, yeah, because you know what happened after Mr. Pony, she got this compulsion to want to go ride a horse. And you so did. she went out to Griffith Park and he was the Wrangler. That's the right. Wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story within? So we're looking for the story within our storyline, which stars you. That's right. And these guys are going to help shape those. And I'm sure Chuck will give a little bit of, you know, maybe there'll be, uh, you know, some sort of issue oriented thing that's happening. Yeah, Yeah, the hangnail thing. And, you know, use yourself with all of our characters. Use all of the characters and all of the storylines. And by the way, you could do more than one. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, you could, uh, you know, you could uh, seduce Ray, Ray, you know, Ray Pruitt when he's on the road, and then you know, kind of totally. Yes, because we don't want to, and we don't want to hear any of that. Well, why didn't the writers do? 
Right. You bring Brenda back. That's right. There you and go. Nobody knows it but you. She's staying at your apartment all, you know, during that summer. That's right. When she there said, give me a reason, you're the reason. It wasn't just <laughs> for you. That's maybe, crazy. maybe, uh, maybe right. you want to steal Dan Rubin away from uh, Andrea exactly. Zuckerman. You know, you know that's when you know? Zach, when Zach, you know, when when Howard from the DJ, you know, booth at, at college goes back to his apartment, you're there. And you influence, <laughs> yeah. You're the one who talks him into, you know, you know, getting standing tough to David. You know, I don't know. You have to think of a beginning, middle, and end, like Chuck said. You All were right. his meth dealer. You're the bad guy. <laughs> you were Happy you, Jack. You are. You I love are. it. All right, so make sure you send us a stories, your stories, and you can DM us anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and 30 seconds or less, please, please. All right, we're going to watch a uh, shirt commercial, and then we're going to come back and start this episode. Okay, okay, okay. Do you know we have even more new shirts and merchandise at Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com? For instance, watch our Planet 90210 show with some sick Planet 90210 merch. merch. Or want to celebrate the peak pit? Check out this new shirt with a photo from Jill Henkel's collection. Or, oh my... Okay, I don't know what happened there. It was kind of funny. I kind of liked it. It was an echo. It was like, anyway. Anyway, this is exciting. kill it. Buy merchandise. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> right. All right. It's good to have everybody here. This is really exciting. Uh, Matthew Peretta, Dan Rubin. How have you been, man? It's been it's been a few, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm well. I'm well. Thanks. Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, Zach Throne, Howard, our favorite radio station guy. How, how are you, man? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. That's awesome. And then... Erin, how how is everything at today? Hey, going well. Glad to be here. That's awesome. And Gil, Gil, Larry was adamant. I'm so excited that we got Gil here. I mean, uh, Gil Shilton was for college since we're we're doing California 101. He he directed the first episode of college, and he directed 13, 14 episodes in college. Some of the great ones. Uh, we're talking about Up in Flames and Love Hurts and. Really some great stuff, and Little Fish, of course, which we're doing today. But uh, we found him. He was a little elusive. You know, he's not really on social media, but we got to, you know, we, we stayed on it. And I think we got thank, we have to thank Diana Valentine for providing us the contact information. That's right. And Chuck for talking to Diana Valentine. I'm pretty sure come on to at one point. Yeah, Gil, yeah. you know, and Larry, I, I, I've been thinking about this, and others, according to guys, right. Aaron and all of us. You know, I've been thinking about this, the importance of this episode, and, and there really couldn't be one that would be more important. If you think about it in terms of the fact that it was pretty much just around after Christmas of season two, when I really balked and said we had to move them forward and we had to do a senior year, and, and they had to go to college. Well, now, all this year later, all through season three, and even the first couple episodes of season four, we, we put that off. But this is when we had to deliver. If it was going to work, it had to work this episode. You had to believe. Most important thing was not any storyline particularly. It's that you had to believe you were on a real college campus. That was, the, that was really the uh, watchword. And you guys, all of you, and you guys, you guys yeah. are creating the, the reality that was there, Matthew and Zach. You just all make it come to life. Thank you. Yeah, Gil, I mean, so you got a chance to watch the uh, episode, Gil? I did. Yeah, I mean, that big opening, I've seen at registration. It's just really, it's it just is so alive and so many 
a great little uh, touches to it. And, uh, and uh, obviously, we see it with the original music, which is the Bob Seger uh, "Feel Like a Number" song. Good, well done, Chuck. Uh, I actually, I actually watched it on Hulu again to see what the song was being. And it was, it was driving and stuff. It wasn't terrible, but I had no idea what the lyrics were. It was it didn't have the resonance? Yeah, I would think that there were no lyrics. Anyway. We're not going to show it because we don't want to get flagged here. They will flag us. They'll take it off, even though they really have no right to under a fair use clause. He has to send it to them. And, and then, then they, they release go, oh, it. Yeah, and then fair they use these guys. Yeah. These guys. But it's such a mechanical process right. that it, it's just not worth it. But it's interesting, you know, because the, the, the fact is, University of California, where I went, University of California, Berkeley, big effing school, and you were a number. You, you absolutely was, except I actually then got in a department where there were only 50 majors. So that was, that was good. It made it much smaller. But the other big thing that's happening here is this is Larry Mullen's first script that he wrote. You had just come on to 90210. Um, and you guys talked about it on Patreon, but let's talk about it here for those that aren't on that. Um, Chuck, how did you find Larry Mullen? And Larry Mullen, how did you find Chuck Rosen? Well, I felt we, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, with, the, with the, the critique, not coming from the network, not coming even from the audience, just knowing what the internal dynamics were in the writer's room and putting the show together and where we were going and where we had to be going as we moved in from high school into college, I knew that we were, I felt we had to strengthen guy humor. You know, we, we, we kind of didn't, we had somebody who was there in season two, our friend Jonathan Roberts, who went on to do the Lion King, he did guy humor, but he, you know, went to the, to the, uh, went off. And so, and we, in third year, we didn't have it. So I wanted to strengthen that and to do guy humor, obviously on this particular television show, the, the other criteria was that person who's got a great sense of humor has to be able to write drama. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, starts to limit. And Larry and my, uh, Larry's agent and I, used to go to uh, watch the Super Bowl at uh, director Jeff Melman. He may have directed you guys in an in episode or two, actually. Uh, but, but Jeffrey was more of a half-hour, you know, director uh, in, in that regard. And so you, you guys connect, you and Larry, and what's your version of this? Well, you know, like Chuck said, I mean, you know, so that was a typical Hollywood networking. You know, guys talk at the Super Bowl. And uh, I was coming, uh, I was doing the Stephen Cannell show, Renegade, which is about a bounty hunter, with Lorenzo Lamas. And you kick a lot of people and you um, run around. And, but there was a lot of kissing, a, a lot of kissing. Because uh, <laughs> he's a good looking guy. He looked like, you know, a thinner Fab Fabio kind of look he had then. But, uh, and then. But I have two teenage boys and they've been watching the, at that point, uh, they were young teens. They were watching that show. So, I mean, I had seen the show and was aware of it. And I had also written a a feature called Borderline Normal, which uh, I think I wrote it maybe in 90, and it got actually made in 2000. It's quite a nice little film on YouTube with uh, uh, Corbin Burnson and, uh, oh, yeah, some other folks. Have good, some good <laughs> stuff. Oh, Katarina Scorzoni, who's been 12 years on Grey's Anatomy, I guess. But, you're, uh, you're also you're in the movie as well. You have a small yes, part. I, I do. I play the track <laughs> yeah. coach. Of course, I Fantastic. I can't, you know, I can't, I still have my sad card. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and anyway, but it's a, it's a drama with a lot of comedy in it and, and it's very edgy. It's about children of divorce and a kind of support group called the happy hour. 
And because uh, it was a Canadian film, one of the kids' parents lives in Windsor, and which is in Canada, and the other one lives in Detroit. And it's and it's a it's a torturous story, but also kind of fun and, and sexy and kissing. Two sons, and, uh, two sons, track coach, divorce. What more did I need? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Chuck That's was a sports fan like I was, and and we, you know, but he gave me a shot. But I, you know, I came in there on a fast moving train, and you know, I got lucky that I had the like I said, I had the privilege of writing that first episode of college. And I remember, I think, I don't know if it was Chuck told me or Chip told me, but they said the template of the show is emotion, passion, bonding, and fun. So I kind of put that, you know, into my head. And, and looking at this episode, it really hits those notes. I'm, I was really glad to see. And, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, the comedy and, and Gil also pulls off some amazing, you know, it's got a nice balance of comedy, romance, and drama, and, and just kind of teen angst because, you know, you do feel like a number, you know. Well, the and other then, the other thing about season four, before we move forward, is that this was the only one where we didn't have to rush back and do summer episodes. We right. had a break. We were yeah, after high school. So we got, Larry and I got to know each other. We got to know each other. We both like baseball. We both were in the, the water together. You know, uh, that, that time we had the house out there. So great. In the start of season four, you mentioned the beach house, but it's not even really like a um, yeah, the beach club. It's not a thing anymore. You know what I mean? Was that a wh why did that happen, Chuck? I don't know that we. This is a time. City of Santa Monica did not want to leave the, <laughs> uh, uh, the 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 set dressing up for three months. Right. When Mister Spelling would have come back with a commitment from Fox, um, they didn't care. <laughs> They wanted us out, and you know it's a it's a really good terrific thing today. The um, the Wallace uh, Community Center it really has yeah, a lot Edinburgh, of yeah. There. I see. Um, all right, so you guys start looking for some people to be uh, college people. Um, at some point, you guys say we're going to have a radio station, and we need a <laughs> we need the guy to run the radio station. Who, Larry, is that you? Is is how? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean there, there was a, the whole staff kind of was plotting the characters, but Dallin and David were going to, you know, when everyone was looking for their identity at college, they were going to end up at the radio station as a continuation of what they were doing in West Beverly. And I and, think, as I said in the, the watch along, I did radio in my dorm at my freshman year at University of Wisconsin, and they had us on like 12 to 4. And it was morning. like, you know, that's not sustainable when you're a college student. <laughs> well, that was the fun of it. Yeah, we really, started adding that so we, and I did it with a good friend, and we just I, we just gave up after a while. But but of course, David had it more wrapped up, and you didn't have other slots, right? Right. Because radio, and I I actually work for National Public Radio, so I actually love radio. I think radio is even better than than television. So I'm really happy for the rise of podcasts. I mean, this is a video cast podcast. Sure. Don't even have that. That's great radio, you know. Uh, but so Larry, you you created the Howard character. Yes, uh, I, yes, I guess I, I certainly get the character payments. And I said, yes, I did. And uh, the Dan Rubin, too, because that was the other thing. We were, you know, we need someone to kind of be the uh, the hip guy in college. And, 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 and Zachary just exuded that when he came into his audition. And, and Gil was probably at the audition. It was in Paul's, Paul Wagner's office. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, he just had the, he had the going. And uh, he had some other stuff, too. Your dad was an actor, too, right? Malachi. Malachi. Malachi, Malachi yeah. Yeah, so I think Paul kind of knew. Did you know Paul Wagner at all? I wonder if you did. How did you get into nine hundred two one zero? Yeah, I just, him, 
I didn't know him outside of Manitowano, but oh. yeah, I knew him while we while I was working on the show. Gil, did you know him? Did you know Paul? Gil, did what? you know Paul? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I knew I knew Paul through the show. I I, I did not know him prior, but uh, you know, I, I I got to work and admire his competence. He was a very effective uh, showrunner uh, from from the logistical side. I know you guys were the creative component, but he. He handled the, you know, the characters, the crew, everybody. So he was, he was very, very effective. In that, yeah. Zach, did you get to see the uh, the video? Did you see the uh, the episode? Oh, yeah, my girlfriend and I watched it last night. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Gil had such a, a great comic touch to it. I mean, he just let the kids yeah. go, and they just, uh, you know, it was edited really nicely, and uh, his stuff plays really nice. And of course, it's going to get very dark later on. So this was nice to have it nice and light. On that. For Zach, how did you you audition for the show? What was that process like for you? Um, it was a little scary. I mean, it was, I had worked with, uh, I worked on the Heights the year prior. Ah, uh, that's what it was. Telling, so I had, I had known a lot of the cast because we did a lot of uh, publicity junk. My first publicity junkets ever were promoting the Heights in 92. And I went out with Brian and um, maybe Jenny and a few other people in Chicago and a couple other places. So we had gotten to know each other. So after the Heights was canceled, the next year I auditioned. For 90210 and they were all there and so it was uh, it was it was nice to see everybody and um but i remember i had worked with gill on uh, on a show called cop rock steven bochco show mm. classic we, fail. it was probably 1990 i think gill yeah it goes back uh I, it was a little after 90 but very close 91 92 something like that something like well, that i'm even earlier, even earlier is Cop Rock. That's in the age. I, yeah, I, I was on the box see me, But I am jumping up and down in my chair. Cop Rock was the, the coolest, best it show was. there was. It was, it was, it was, it was a Stephen Bosch musical. All time was I mean, the sheriff on the horse going oh, yeah. and down, plopping through downtown L.A. Oh, and yeah. singing, and it becomes the Hacienda, and then there's a tumbleweed that that takes you into the credits. Yeah. Um, you still remember that after all these years. And my daughter, Lindsay, is mm. a uh, is the story editor of uh, Zoe and her Extraordinary Playlist, which is the wow. based with the same premise that you stop and uh, and sing, you know, which shows what your inner feelings right. are. So it well, like, uses it's that like, conceit. There's shows like Glee that are on that are popular today. That's right. Like, Glee was the, the one between it. Yeah, for sure. It, it took a lot of crap back in its time, but it was it, it was, was ahead of its time. It really was. was very ahead of its you time. Know, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's, right. it's like West Side Story and all these other pieces. It was a drama, yep. a pretty dark drama yep. that would set well yeah. with five five musical production numbers per episode. Per episode. <laughs> and the singers all sang live. They did. It was the they only did. musical I know of that the singer sang live on film. Not no lip syncing at all. It was. Oh. It was I you sang live to a track though, right? Or was it all? Uh, there was a, no, there was there, there was a soundtrack for the music, but the right. vocals were were. Uh, hmm. That's a great live. Yeah. All right, so, so Zach, though you 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 finally get on this show, and I'm going to ask you the same questions, Matthew. So yeah. you can prepare. Um, what is it like when you come to <laughs> the test? You know what I mean. Like you know, this is a big, big show. Yes. It must be sort of intimidating to walk into this world, right? Uh, what was it? What was it like for you? It, well, it was very intimidating. I the only reason why I wasn't 
100% overwhelmed is because I had worked for Mr. Spelling the year prior and I had, and I had already worked on a Fox series. And when I saw Gil, I had, I had such a great working relationship with Gil on Cop Rock because on Cop Rock, I was, I was still a relatively new actor. I was a musician. And I had started studying in a theater group for fun. And then I booked a sitcom and I booked this and then I booked that. And then I gave up, I put music on the side and I started studying for real. So I had booked, uh, I, there's probably three or four episodes of Cop Rock, I'm not sure. And the character was very much not like me. He was dark and evil and whatever. And I had a crew cut. And Gil took me under his wing and was very sweet and very patient mm. and kind of coaxed a performance out of me and I just I never forgot it so when I walked in the room and he was standing there and I went Gil wow. and uh, I had actually read for the Josh Rifkin character originally Richland yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that yeah I went in for that one and I just didn't have the swarminess and just not for me and, and um, so I was about to leave and Gil goes Zach wait outside for a second just let me, let me talk oh. to him yeah wow that's what happened I sat Jason walked by and he goes, Zach. And I went, oh, hi, Jason. Because I've known him from the Heights. And I didn't know what was going to happen because that had never happened to me yet. And then Gil said, come on in. And I went back in and then they said, we want you to read for this. And then I read the Howard thing and, and then I That was it. Yeah. yeah. You gave it to me. Thank you. But did you know that Howard was going to go down this road with the drugs and the and the orange juice and all this stuff? Or, oh, yeah. Because or, I, knew I, I knew that. But, yeah. But you knew that. Right? <laughs> I knew that. Oh, Zach. Oh, Zach. No, Zach didn't know. Yeah. I know. Brian told me. Brian, yeah. Brian came to me and he said, like, probably after my third episode, he said, you know what my storyline's going to be this year? And I go, no. And he goes, I'm going to get hooked on Crystal Math. <laughs> I thought, oh, great, it's going to be fun. You're going to act. And then he goes, guess who's going to hook me? Because <laughs> 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 up until that time, I was just, it powered. Uh, little mother will help it. Sorry? This yeah. guy. Give away our secrets. This guy. This guy. This guy. This guy. Well, look, we see you first. I'm going to show you this a scene. I'm going to try this. Let's hope we don't get thrown off. But uh, it's you with um, with Don and David. David, it was an accident. It could have happened to anyone. Donna, please. You have no idea how embarrassing this is for me. And for me. Can I please explain what happened? No, not for you to sit there and blame me. Donna, you're making it worse. Excuse me, David. I have the right to tell my side of the story. I mean, it wasn't like I had any idea what was going to happen. It's like there was a warning label that says, if left in sun, tape will melt. I mean, I would never do that with Brie Cheese, because Brie has a label. Donna, we're trying to get another chance yeah. to audition, not argue whether audio tape has any similarity to Brie, which it doesn't. Oh, please, like you're the big cheese expert. Oh, you know what? Maybe not even Brie. Maybe like a semi-soft Cambert left on a buffet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camembert. Whatever. Or a Gorgonzola, which gets really sweaty when left in the heat. Like someone else that I know. I mean, a proper label indicating a product be stored in a cool place is not too much to ask, is it? It was an honest mistake. <laughs> it's a total tank. Listen, don't pay any attention to her, okay? I'm sorry. This will never happen again. I like you guys. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's uh, let me ask you a few people here now, but you, Zach, what was it like doing these scenes and working with Tor Tori? I'm sure Brian was great. You knew him, so that was fun. What's it like working with Tori in this? Tori was so, Tori was so sweet. 
I didn't I didn't know her prior to the show, and she had her um, her little room with her TV on all the time. And I had my room was my room was just I had a phone and I had a desk and that. Like, well, I have a TV on all the time. You can hang out in my room, you know, while I'm working. And I said, Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. She was really, really, really sweet. And it was she's always fun and you know. Yeah. Happy. I'm curious for you, Gil, you directed those scenes with her and this stuff. Do you do you recall doing some of this? Absolutely, yes. Uh, when I was listening to Zach, I was I was remembering my my impression of, of Tori, uh, and and in all the episodes I directed, not one time did she come unprepared. Mm-hmm. She was always on time, knew all her her lines, yep. was just ready to go, never missed a beat, never missed a beat. I was really very impressed. And and Tori, I always felt had a great comedic instinct. Yeah, national comedian. She had a great, a great delivery. She knew how to how to play the moments. She does a bunch of things in this episode. I think there's a scene. Larry and I were talking earlier about the scene with the Russian exchange student. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's really good. No, she, yeah, I mean, she was. You know, we all we've talked about it before, but she had that kind of Lucille Ball quality that mm-hmm. you know, she was aspiring to. So the other new character that you guys bring is Dan Rubin. Very important, you know. Chuck Tolis, first time could not be uh, the boy for the the one she marries, so we created Dan. Yeah. So tell me about creating for you guys for for for, for Chuck and Larry creating Dan Rubin, and how did you guys say, hey, well, we're gonna have Andrea lose her virginity to Dan Rubin? She's gonna get lose her virginity to a Rubin or a Greenberg. Andrea Zuckerman, that was in the cards. So we knew that at least. That was that was down. Didn't know anything else, but you know, an RA, I was I was really close to my exactly. RA. He wasn't a graduate student, he was a senior, but in my the un, when I was in the dorm, and you, you could build relationships and they, and I mean, we weren't co-ed. So hey, it helped. <laughs> It helped build the college world up too. We had the dorm world. You got other scenes you could play. Right. There. You know, you we had a little bit dorm. of excitement. Yeah, dorm to be a real thing. And you know, we don't have Josh Richland here. You were mentioning Zach before with the paper, but that was the other. We we created these three institutions: wow. the dorms, the radio station, and the newspaper. and keg and, and keg also, obviously, and the keg house and and the beach yeah. apartment. Oh my God, there's a lot going on. A lot of moving parts in this. I mean, in this yeah. this when we set this out to, uh, to motion, yeah. Uh, yeah, the stuff that plays with uh, with Dan and, uh, and Andrew though is delightful. And Dan, you're really terrific. And you just like well, you have your entrance in that bike stuff and everything. It's kind of timeless. You look, look like you know you could just hear Andrea's. It just worked great. What well, did you think, Aaron? Aaron, you're, did you how'd you feel about Dan Rubin? <laughs> Cad. I, uh, I mean, Dan seemed really promising, and you know that first episode. And I was wondering for Matthew, what did you like about their relationship? And um, you know, in the beginning, like, did you think that they were going to stay together? Wait, hold on. Before you answer that, Matthew, somebody wants to say hello. <laughs> wow. I agree. Oh, what's going on? What? Hey, dude, Zach, what's up, brother? Up, Brian. How are you, man? I'm great, man. How are you? Good. It's so good to see you. It's I'm been a so while. happy to see you. It's been, Dude, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm driving. I'm on my phone. I'm such a moron. <laughs> okay. I should have been like on a laptop itself. with the 
but I'm driving on PCH. The service sucks. And uh, I'm probably going to screw this whole thing up, but that's what I'm best at. No, no. Wait, so that's great. Ryan, real quick, before you, hey, it's good to see you. What's up, bro? Before you go because of the thing, uh, what was it like working with Zach all those years ago? Do you remember doing those scenes? Yeah, it sucked. He was a monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just he yelled at everyone on set. He was always complaining about his wardrobe. Um, so, diva, so diva, I diva. had known I had known Zach before he started on 90210 because he was doing the heights, right? That's right. And uh, and so we had met uh, we had met doing some publicity Felicity. stuff for yep. that. And uh, Zach and I always got along great. He was he was fantastic to work with. Um, we had a great time doing all the stuff that we did. It was it was insane. I just remember laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. Yeah, yeah. We had. I mean, could, I think laughing because we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> we, right. were doing this whole, <laughs> we were doing this whole like you know crystal meth storyline, and yeah. um, that's just nothing that I personally had explored or had even known anyone that had explored. And, and I remember Zach was kind of the same way. It was like, you know, Hey, so what do you think I should do? Dude? I don't know. <laughs> we were, we were honestly, we were winging it at that point, but uh, no better dude on the planet to, to wing that with super supportive guy. Zach was always great. Um, and it was a, it was a super fun storyline and, and it was received really well. People seemed to really, uh, really enjoy it. And, Absolutely. um, and I miss Zach like crazy. That, that was a I great experience. Too, that was tons of fun. It was I don't so know if you can see, but we, we got Matthew Peretta is also on the panel here too. You remember Matthew? Oh Brian, my Matthew. God, Matthew. How are you? Brother? <laughs> and Gil Dude, the boxes. Okay. So people at home know I'm in the car and the boxes are literally this small. And I'm, 40, and I'm 47 and I'm not wearing readers or anything. So this is like, it's a joke. I can't like, I, the it's, it's insane. It's like, it's like, you know, using boss on a, on a computer. Like it's, it's, it's so fine. Uh, before you go, Brian, I, I want to let you know everybody saw that they saw the kid, the kid ninety film and everybody loves it here. Uh, really good stuff on Hulu. Uh, what could you tell people about Kid ninety? It's a it's a documentary that you're in that's uh, that's that's going around. That's Punky Brewster. Yeah, so yeah. Soleil was out of her mind. She uh, she and her brother they they carried a camcorder everywhere back when. People were like, "What do you mean a camcorder? Like it didn't. That just that technology didn't even exist." And and she had it, and uh, she filmed everything, and we just never thought anything of it. You know, it just wasn't. None of us had the foresight to to think like, "Hey, we can film all this stuff, save the tapes, uh, tapes." It's ridiculous. Like <laughs> my parents still own a DVD player. They just bought a new one because they were like, we're not giving up DVDs. It was like, well, the world, the world might. <laughs> so know, you might want to, you might want to consider that at some point, you know? Um, but uh, she recorded everything and she saved every diary that she ever had and, and every photograph and everything. And then she, um, she made this documentary, you know, 
30 years later? Jesus Christ. It's crazy. 30 years, 35 years later? Fuck, I'm old. My <laughs> God. She says um, some really beautiful stuff about you in the movie, though. She says what a great friend you are and all that stuff. That was that. Did you know that was coming? Was that touching to see? Well, I knew I knew she was working on it, obviously, because we did the uh, we did the interview. But uh, we did the interview like three years ago. Um, <laughs> so it was it was one of those things where people are like, hey, I want to do a documentary. And you go, ah, that sounds great. And they go, I want to interview you. And it's like, of course, because it'll, you know, nothing will ever come of it. And then all of a sudden she was like, it's done. And I was like, you fucking made it. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. But she's one of those people that she, when she puts her mind to something, she does it completely. She sees it all the way through. Um, and, And she, she manifests all these amazing things. And she's, she's, just been an unbelievable person in my life for that reason i mean she she holds her own space um in in time she's she's a complete one of a kind character and to and to know her and be in her presence is really is a really amazing experience and i can't imagine not having her in my life i had lunch with her Mm. yesterday um she's she's really cool she's a really cool person and and I think that comes across in the documentary. Um, but Definitely. yeah, go go see that. But then, yeah, fuck enough promoting that. Let's talk about nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, real quick. Uh, <laughs> Gil Shilton, the director, is also here in this in this uh, this small box, small box as well. Oh my God! There's Gil <laughs> from Canada. Dude, nice these, these here, boxes are so small. Literally, it's like I. You point out who's here, and it's like, oh my god, it's a crazy little mic- yeah. microscopic boxed time capsule. Hey, Gil, do you remember working with Brian? Yes, I do. Uh, I was, I was a very. I'm sorry. Student. I would like to apologize ahead of time, Gil. <laughs> but, um, nothing to apologize for, Brian. You're, you're always spot on. You're a good guy. Pleasure to work with. Never had any problems. Thank you. Yay. Oh, the truth. It's the truth. So. Uh, luckily, the conversion the rate of American money to Canadian is is high, so I'll pay you well for that. Thanks, <laughs> Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Uh, you haven't changed at all, except for the beard and the cookie duster. You look you look really uh, great. gray in your beard now. Yeah, yeah, dude, I've got I have so much gray in my hair; it's crazy. Well, hopefully it's, you've uh, earned it. I saw I saw Jay and I in the other day, and I was like, "How come you guys are like?" 10 years at least older than me, and I'm the grayest one of the three of us. <laughs> it's the crystal meth, baby. I don't know. Yeah, you, you age quicker from that. You know, just yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Brian, yeah, it's Brian, not the orange Brian, juice. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brian, we're going to let you go so you don't get pulled over or anything like that. Thank you, man, for being here. And uh, I pulled over just out of safety for oh. because the interview Oh, over. good. You like how my timing works? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Good seeing you, man. We'll catch good soon, seeing bro. you guys. I love you all, all right. Zach. I miss you. I miss I'll talk you too, to you dude. soon, brother. Let's uh I'll get your number from uh from Pete and uh Please hit me up. Matthew Fuck, good to see you guys. Really. Yeah. Love you guys. All right. Take care. Take care, brother. That was great. He's so great. Yeah. 
Yeah, All right, going. Matthew, back to you. Sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to ask you, Matthew, about you coming into the show. I know uh, Aaron asked you a question, and we'll get to that question in a, sec- a second. I wanted to ask you about what was your process like? Uh, Zach talked about how his audition went. What was what was that like for you? Uh, I remember when I when I went to the audition, I was I it was kind of a an innocuous place where you guys where we filmed. It was like in like it almost like. Um, the porn district of Van Nuys. Nuys. That's right. The pornography district of Van Nuys. Is yeah, like, yeah. So you like you pulled right up. Way. Have like loading docks. Like you, you pulled up, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. this tracks. Right, is right. this it? Calvert Studios. We didn't get the part. We gave you asparagus. Just go to right. the back. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of walked in, you know, and I, you walked in and. So is, this, is this it? Is this, you know, is this not, you know, I'm here to audition. Okay, great. And then uh, it was right. The the casting was in, I think, the producer's office, which was right, right on the set. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. when I got in there, uh, Luke was standing there uh, smoking a cigarette. And I, and I was like, okay. Cool. Welcome to 90210. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was... You know, it was in the production office. You were right in. You walked in. You were in our production office. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. The you know, sets were just behind another door. You know, this was the number one show on television, right? So the the cast, I mean, they were, I mean, world famous, right? So you right. walk in there, and it's like when you, it's like you, it was like, it was kind of stunning. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. wow, you know? And so you went in, I... You know, I had done some stuff before then, so I I, I wasn't completely green, but I was I was green. I was still pretty young, uh, so I, you know I I I knew what to do, but still it was the number one show, so there was you know you were nervous and um, you kind of you know it's like I went in. I think I I just finished doing Men in Tights, so it's like I kind of came in there with a little juice uh, and. Uh, so I was confident, but I still, it's still, you can't help but be. I love you in that, by the way. And I love that film, just to, me- just to mention that. <laughs> yeah. so you're the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was, um, I don't know. I, I have really fond memories of my experience with 90210. The whole, the whole thing was, it was a great experience. So. Well, here's a scene I want to show you real quick. So from Cafe Delicious. You certainly do. Uh-oh. Any chance I can buy one? How about on the house? Thanks. Hi, I'm Andrea Zuckerman, and this is Donna Martin and Kelly Taylor. Hi, uh, Dan Rubin. I. So you all live here? No, actually, I do. Uh, what about you, fellow freshman? Oh, perpetual grad student. I'm also. Oh, that was a great yeah, scene. Yeah. Well, there you go. Everything freezes up. Everybody freezes up. Yep. Yeah, I think, we're, I think we're all frozen right now. Are you all frozen? No, we're here. No, I'm, 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 I'm in a total uh, frozen scenario, but you guys can hear me, yeah. Yeah, yes. they don't look frozen. All right, well, good. no, it was a great, it was a great, uh, it was a great entrance. He comes in in his bike gear and stuff, and he's just you know devil may care. And the two other girls are looking, and it's just like. It's all set up, you know. We're I mean, not in high school anymore. I know. Oh, I mean, it's just a darling, darling look to him. So, so I'm problem. like dressed for the Tour de France. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, if I was, you know, I'm in college, I wouldn't be in sweats. And I'm like, literally, 
And you're sweating. It looks like there's a lot of distressed sweat. You just, went the 40, you just did 40 oh, miles. Oh, you, know, you, were doing, you were doing your Lance Armstrong. He no, Je- no Gil is very much detail-oriented. So he actually <laughs> probably made them add that sweat. I'm sure he did. Gil, do you Gil remember this sweat? <laughs> Gil's frozen. No. He's like, no, he's not frozen. No, we were talking about Dan's costume. When he comes in, he has all this sweat. Like he had really actually did ride for like 20 Gil, can miles. you hear us? Yeah, I hear you're fine. Okay, you just won't answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just listening to you guys. It's <laughs> it sort of brings back a lot of memories. Nice. I remember the, the the bicycle was actually a, a real comfort. Like I, can, walk, like, I had something to kind of like hang on to and you know lean against. You know what I mean? Something. But leaving the scene was a, kind of difficult. Yeah. I had to like navigate this bike out of, you know, out of, out of thing, but uh, it was nice. Kind of like something to, yeah, something to hold on to. Yeah. Something maybe, you know, just be kind of casual. You had an identity. You had yeah. a bike. It, 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 if only you had the bike all through the. <laughs> I, asked. I asked, they wouldn't let me carry the bike throughout the whole show. Um, I wanted to ask you about working with, with Gabby. What was that like for you? She's someone that you worked quite a bit with that whole season so what was she like to work with uh she was great i mean it was uh you know i mean you come in and suddenly it's it's like uh all right so i'm gonna lose my virginity first of all that stuff is very you know it's like uh, it's awkward you know what i mean those things are awkward and she was uh so cool and so comfortable and we it was it was it was nice it was good and she was you know I mean, what more? She was great. Well, and she's also president of SAG, so let's, you know, you have to say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true. It's true. And and it is. She's always been wonderful and sweet when she stopped by here. And I know Chuck and Larry know her for a long time, and she's she's wonderful. I want you to re ask your question to Matthew. I'm sorry. Oh, my question was just, you know, obviously things went south a few episodes later, but in that uh, first episode with Dan, you know, things seemed really promising. And I remember being kind of happy for Andrea. Um, But, you know, was your initial impression that uh, they would, you know, be together for a long time? And what did you like about their relationship? I mean, you never know, right? So you you get the you get the script and see how you evolve, you know. And um, yeah, there was a point where you're like, oh gosh, Dan's going south. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's not going to make it. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. You know, it was a learning experience. It was the first time that I'd ever been on a series, you know, doing stuff, uh, having a character and doing it, you know, every week. So that was that was fun. Um, I, I'm sorry. What was that? The, the, yeah, I think you answered it. I mean, what did you feel about when it, when it was going south? Uh, Alicia wanted to know, um, what is your favorite kind of croissants? Is it really chocolate chip? <laughs> It was funny when I wa- I was oh, watching that. Right. Like it looked like when I walked in there that I wasn't going to eat the croissant. I was going to eat her. It's like literally, <laughs> I walked in. And I was like, <laughs> well, you were hungry. I was <laughs> clearly, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I'm going to say plain. No, there you go. <laughs> um, you know, he was always going to have a, a, a cad storyline. I mean, it, yeah, because you know, so it was always going to be that awkward thing after you know someone you actually have she loses her virginity and which is a great responsibility and 
he doesn't handle it that well. You know, he doesn't want to be seen with her publicly and you know, as the episodes go on and stuff. And it just, you just, uh, you know, we just, you know, you serve the story. A lot of times we talk about this. Sometimes your character is serving the story, but you got to kiss her, right? I, Howard didn't get to kiss anybody. We didn't even write one single kiss. For him. Not one. I'm gonna feel bad now. I really feel badly about. It. So, what was the kiss like with Andrea since we're here? Oh, okay. There we go. I won't tell Larry. Uh, did she <laughs> talk to you before? You know, we, we've had her. You know, Andrea was a professional actress, and and Gil. You know, again, he, he was part of this early '90s things too. I mean, as an actress, you know, if you said you had to kiss somebody, you had to kiss somebody. But I know that. Some other actors have had the experience, and they told the story. Pete, do you remember the story exactly? Or do, what? That before the kiss, she said, uh, "Oh, she said the last she, actor put the tongue down my throat. I had fired." I she said that. Yeah. So <laughs> she, did she give? Did she come with a warning label? As a joke, she I, said. I, you know, I remember it was like, um, you know, we were. It was very. I, I remember respectful and awkward. Yeah. You know, I that, think that, so. That's how that's how it was, and um, you know, it was sweet. We were young, yeah. very sweet. Yeah. Hey, Gil, this is—I mean, listen, Larry. You said that we had to have Gil here. You're absolutely right. His directing on this episode is incredible. The way you treated college, I love. And when we watched this on the the Patreon this week, uh, how you moved in and out of scenes. Whether the, you fought, you tracked some characters, and then the other characters were, would come out. Um, what was your thought process in coming into this show and how to treat college? Well, uh, I think the greatest production design component in any film is the background extras. That's what that's life. And so it, the AD was fantastic and he sort of coordinated a lot of that and uh, to bring energy into the scenes um, you know, you create the impression that everybody's got their own world and life is going on. It's just like in real life. I mean, we wander around, everybody's got their own agendas and they do what they have to do. And if you, you create that environment um, when you're shooting something, uh, especially when it's something as quote unquote chaotic as uh, enrolling uh, on a new semester in college or what have you, uh, there, there's a sense of realism that you you, you bring. They, they really become invisible, but their presence is so valuable to the credibility of what's going on. And it, it really helps the actors, the principals. Uh, uh, it, it puts them in a perspective that allows them to, to, to be as real as possible. And it, it worked because they were somewhat overwhelmed by the environment and the indifference of the different uh, processes that they had to approach to get the selections of the selectives that they want or the electives that they wanted or what have you. And so uh, that's why it worked. And now in terms of the blocking, um, the actors are the greatest gifts you can have. You, 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 you give them some freedom uh, and you give them a margin of comfort so that they believe in what they're doing. And then you play your mind's eyes, the camera, and you, you, you block based on some of their performances. It's all, you know, you refine a little bit, but, Basically, it's their work. I try and stay out of their way, basically. Uh, one of the things that happens, Chuck, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's so many things, uh, you know, you know, Chuck, Chuck, when he went to college, cheated on his place. I was just going to show this. Yeah, it yeah. just became a whole other a comedy thing where, where Steve uh, is going to cheat on a placement test. And it's just, it's phenomenal. This whole Doesn't story. everybody? 
<laughs> but it's great. I mean, the turnaround on it and the actor Paul Collins who plays the professor is just classic. All right, I want to show that scene. Hopefully, I don't freeze oh. up again. But let's see. Yeah, what's going on? Okay, great. I hope we're not late for you. No, we won't. Are you guys seeing it or no? Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 We're, we're having a clip this this debacle this week. Anyway, good. Better for us. Um, I no, I wanted to ask you, Chuck, that story that you told us on Patreon. Uh, the scene in which they, they're that they're that Steve decides to cheat on his placement test that is a story of Chuck Rosen's, isn't it? Yes, yes, <laughs> tell your version of that big room at University of Wisconsin Madison. I'm a long way from home, and you know, I was a really pretty good student, but you know, this was important and it was all about math, and math is kind of what I uh, I got through high school and did well in high school despite math. And now they had all this stuff about math. I wasn't going to be taking math classes. And the redhead guy in front of me looked smart. Now, he was smart. And in fact, after I transferred to Berkeley, Jeff Page, who ended up being on my floor in my dorm at Aug Hall at University of Wisconsin, he too was walking the streets of Berkeley. But he was very good. He was a um, architect. He was in the architecture school. So he had to know math. And I had to go meet a dean and who really was thought that I was making a mistake, not, you know, doing more STEM courses. And we didn't call it that then. But, you know, and I told him that I was really, I really loved uh, this rhetoric of religion that I wanted to take. Take folklore. Folklore. Like everything. I if you want to yeah. talk about me and cheating, <laughs> really quickly, in high school, and I would go back to high school, but in my junior year of high school, you had to read a book <laughs> about American history before the Civil War. And I made up a one-act play and got an A in the course. I made up the play completely about a rap, basically a nationalistic version of doing John Brown's attack. And so uh, I, I come from a long line of this. I didn't take the legacy, though. Know. I, 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 that was my line. I wasn't going to do that. But, but, uh, that's the Steve Sanders in me. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. You know the the other thing about this episode, which is is what makes it an iconic episode, is the the Brenda Dillon stuff. Yeah. Which. Uh, is so important to the Brenda Dillon fans. It's, you know, they, because the this, was, this was the season where Brenda and Dillon were not a couple, but we kept the heat on between them the whole side, time. And so Gil brought them out to that pier. And there's just, it's like, uh, you know, not to give a classical reference, but the, the old under Grecian urn where the, the lovers are frozen in the urn and they never can reach each other. That's what keeps the heat up. And that's what, you you think they got a kiss on that pier there, and it just—it's amazing, and they don't kiss because they're friends, the closest, and it's—it's it's just a great—it's just a great start to the season where we never put them together, but we kind of keep them going. So there's a bunch of questions here um, about this topic, Gil. I want to ask you about directing Luke Perry first. Let's start there. <clears throat> Before we came on, you were talking about him. Um. One of the qualities that Luke had, he has, he had a dark side, and uh, it was not, it was not venomous or anything like that. He just had, he was a very introspective guy, 
by nature. That was his instrument. And it, it comes off. And I think one of his appeals, you know, his fan base was because of that. And, and they compared him to uh, James Dean. Uh, and there was a lot of similarities by virtue of that sort of brooding quality, which was not contrived. It was real. Um, uh, you know, I, my working with him was always, look, let me just say this. You know, we can sort of talk about how wonderful everybody is, but in, in actuality, they were. Um, every single individual I had the privilege of working with on the set in front of the camera and behind the camera was it was a joyous experience for me it was a fun show uh there were some very very interesting moments it had a certain um uh, social commentary that it made which was uh, important and i think that's why it, it, it sparked so, so much interest and was number one in the country uh it was also had a, a huge international following to the credit of uh, harry and charles obviously those those things uh are part of their domain but the execution by the actors, uh, be it my directing or anybody else, sustained the, the caliber of performance uh, from one episode to the other. I, you know, I, I don't take credit for these things. I think it's the actors that deserve the recognition for, for the work that they've done. And, and working with Luke was a, a classic example of that. He was, he was a, an absolute professional. Uh, very respectful to the other actors. Never and never ever any, any any issues. Actually, I've never experienced any issues with any of them, ever, ever, ever. In all the shows I did, it was always a very uh, convivial environment to work. Um, and so, um, you know, all I can tell you is that, you know, his loss is is a profound loss and uh, far too young, far too young to have uh, yeah. passed. And, uh, you know, he had, he had uh, um, I think he had a great future in, in motion pictures. It's a shame that we lost him. Yeah. Um, the scenes on the pier with Shannon and Luke, do you remember doing those? I know Larry's going to share a story about that, but do you remember, what's your memory of uh, those scenes? Well, it was logistic, logistically challenging. Uh, for example, the shots where you see, which is from the ocean point of view. So what we did is we created these, the fencing on the pier and we just put the camera low and shot up into the sky so it looked like the camera was on on some kind of a boom way out there we just didn't have that kind of logistical support we couldn't do it but what we did is we, by creating the pipes we made it look as if the camera was from the ocean point of view and and what's really nice about that is is uh, the way it was cut created a nice uh chemistry between them it was wonderful it played, I thought it played very nicely. And remember, I haven't seen this thing in, in decades. So watching it was like, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> 30 years and later, right? I, I'd that's, hire the, that's the hidden joy of all of this for all of us, Gil. It's the same thing. We look at these episodes we hadn't seen and go, wow. <laughs> yeah, you know? I think we should be very proud of ourselves. We did yeah. a pretty good job. You know, I mean, the fact that it was number one in the country speaks volumes about it. Well, uh, for in our demographic, it was number one. Yeah. You know, that, that. Larry, you want to talk so about what that? I remember, Gil, in, in the production meetings from the one, it hopefully helped. But you were really obsessed with the fish. How it was going to be, if he caught the fish, how was the fish going to be able to be alive when he pulled it up? Now, watching it now, do you remember this thing? This seemed to be like every conversation I had with you started with the fish. 
which was good because the, the script is called Little Fish. So I mean, it, I, I kind of went with it, but I just remember I felt your pain. I kind of thought <laughs> we were you were really worried about this fish gag. Yeah. Well, if you remember, there was an issue because of the uh, 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 no no animals were injured in the shooting of this scene, <laughs> and so I'm saying, wait a second now, uh, how can we injure? We're, we're we're fishing. Either you catch a fish or you don't. So you know, we brought fish in from from Gelson's or someplace, <laughs> and we just put them on the hook. And I, I think the actors handled the the shaky business very well. These fish were not alive. None of them were alive. I thought when no, she reached down, alive. she picked up a live fish at one point. I thought so, so too. Yeah. I thought, well, she, you know, no, she, she, she had a good acting there. With her baby finger, she moved She moved the tail. Ooh, I nice. don't, you, know, you may be right. I, I, we talked to, I remember talking about these things uh, with, with them and saying, just, just any I remember, too. I remember <laughs> talking about these things going, why are we talking? <laughs> but no, I understand that because you, you were detail oriented and it came out great. But, you know, and, and it's uh, you know, people even really the, love even that. The story. fisherman that's on the pier, you know, they go, oh, you know, they, 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 they caught a fish and he tells her to throw it back in the water. I mean, even that's even that's spot on and it would happen on the pier. So beautiful, yeah. it's beautiful stuff there. Um, what about Shannon Gilbert? Um, I really enjoyed working with her. Uh, 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 you know, uh, I, I I know that there was a there was a bit of history with Shannon and the the, the show. I I was never uh, exposed to anything of that. Everything we never once in all the shows we worked together, we we were we were tied together uh, on a professional basis and had absolutely no issues. And everything she did, she did very well. I mean, look at the scenes. Look at her performance in this. She's, you know, she's, a, she's a beautiful and interesting woman and and draws, you know, the, the eyes just go right to her. She is just very, very charismatic. And that's never changed. So listen, every one of these guys and gals were just first rate, top notch. Uh, I got a few questions here from some fans. Erin, do you have any questions that you want to throw in the mix here? Um, I mean, as far as that, I was just wondering what it was like you know, shooting a scene with the two of them together again after everything that went on in season three with Kelly and everything, you know, just sort of creating that um, spark again. Uh, who are you asking? That's for Gil, right? For you, yeah. Um, well, um, they were obviously playing those moments and uh, uh, I was not as on top of the, the, the uh, subtext that they were, I knew it, but I let them go with it because they clearly knew what was going on, the dynamics of their relationship. And the best thing that I could do was not interfere with the, the choices they made because they know their characters, they, they know their, the personal dynamic between them far better than I would. Mm -hmm. And so far be it for me to sort of reinvent the wheel, I would have caused more problems than not. And I, I really think that's one of the, one of the reasons I personally believe that I had a good relationship with all of them is my, my genuine respect for them. And that respect was earned. It wasn't just automatically granted. And, and I think that was a reciprocal. And so we always worked well together, you know, so that was, that was a very positive thing. So that's a very good question about the dynamic. I'll tell you something. It's the actors who breathe life into the words. The words are there, but the discovery of what's between the words is because of the actors, mm. not because 
to the writers or the director. And it's what's between the words that really makes it come to life. I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, it does. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, Michelle wants to know, for Larry and Chuck, uh, it looked like in Little Fish, Dylan and Brenda were going to kiss. Why did you have Brenda put a stop to it and not Dylan? I mean, that's that's what made it, that's what made it good. I mean, it would have been too easy to have the kiss. And then also he was going to go back to Kelly. It's like, kind of like Shannon teed him up for Kelly. You know, he gets a big kiss with Kelly. He comes back there because he had a great day. He kind of got freed. And they both gave each other direction, what, you know, what they're going to do with their lives, so to speak, in the next short while. But, yeah, no, the kiss would have uh, cheapened everything, I've, I thought. You know, I don't, yeah, absolutely right. I don't think we really ever thought they were going to do it because uh, he was with Kelly then. It would have been wrong. Chuck, do you have a person? Yeah, and I'm also just, I mean, I, yeah. Well, also, you know, that would be a big moment, and you'd be giving a lot of responsibility to anybody who took that moment. Right. And we weren't prepared to do that. Right. You, you kind of talked a little bit about that on on, on Patreon, right? Yeah. With your permission, I'd like to interject. What What is so critical is that you do not compromise their moral compass. Right. And that's that's very important when you have your, two of your principal characters who are who have to sustain some kind of an exemplary uh, pattern of behavior, notwithstanding the emotional feelings, and it sort of elevates them, their characters, their strength of well, character. You know, you know, I did, I, I, the only thing I cringe a little bit about about that, Gil, is that when I had to do the show in high school, I kept being told that these characters were role models. And they're role models, and they're not role models. They were just characters. They, I look at it today, and I wonder, you know, as an older man, I was like, oh, we should have had them kiss, you know. Um, you know, you, we could have done that. We did. We didn't ruin Kelly Taylor by having her be with her best friend guy, I'm right? Sorry, you know, so you know, it's not. I just don't think it's just quite as absolutist. That's all I want to say. Right. Yeah. I mean, you want to keep the emotional reality and, and make the moments earned and just not, yeah. you know, just have it for the sake of it. You don't want to cheapen it. Yes. Yes. And you, and, and listen, I mean, we got to be, call it real. You know, you, there is a, there was a, there was a, a, a thing, Chuck, about, you know, what are we going to get this season out of one of the actors? Right. So, you know, we need to see what's going to happen here. So if Shannon was ready to play and, 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 and come to work, then, we we maybe that maybe that story would have been different, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Sure. After, after that, we had her uh, almost get married, right? I mean, after that, uh, you know, yeah, but six I, episodes well, later, she's the, the fact she's that Vegas. we've talked about this. Although this was college, and this was we had made this move to college, pretty much, um, you know, the important the episode that would either get us back on the map or not, ratings wise, was this one would be Brenda doing eloping in Las Vegas, mm, I having see. nothing to do with college, having pulled out of that um, to give the show some, you know, pizzazz, some danger, some, you know, unconformity, uh, impulsiveness, and so you know, we 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 had that to go to too, and the idea of her working for her father. And, and meeting a rich guy and the rich guy being in that position that wanted a trophy wife, wanted a wife, wanted to be considered an adult in front of his father's mm -hmm. eyes. So, you know, although this was the college, you, you guys were the anchor of the college part of it. You know, we, we almost by requirement had to take some storylines off of college. It just, yeah. it, it, you right. know, I, I felt and, and Brenda was a good way to do that. 
for sure. Hey, the other thing we have in this episode also is the beginning of the keg house, which is uh, the whole thing. And, and all, I should, we also should talk about Brandon's hairdo in this thing quickly, <laughs> just quickly, just talk about that. Aaron, what did you think of Jason Priestley's hairdo? I really loved, uh, I wrote down some of the funniest quotes from this episode, which oh, there were many, but yeah. I loved uh, when Steve set calls him a soft Bart drink, sipping hockey puck haircut, having Bart Simpson. Bart Simpson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else do you got? What other great quotes from the episode do you have? Uh, I mean, I love Andrea's hatchet job on the peach pit where she writes the peach pit is more of a pit than a peach. That storyline, yeah. yeah. Isn't it more useful to see you students for her to review the Mega Burger than to find, like, it's so Andrea to, you know, approach this assignment by finding, like, the most random things on the menu. <laughs> the lobster bisque. The lobster bisque. Well, and then she has her I, I, I have to tell the lobster bisque was an L.A. story for me when I came to L.A., and it was August, and I had lobster bisque. And I got food poisoning, so it always stuck in my mind. Never have lobster bisque in hot weather. It's a dairy yeah. product. Never. Cautionary tale. That's all right. Go on. I do love that peach pit storyline that's going on. Um, hey, Alicia wanted to also ask you, what made you decide for both and Andrea and Brandon to not work for the paper and for Andrea to change uh, majors? Chuck? <laughs> that's a great question it well, is. By, by not you know to have a newspaper I mean you have to have a newspaper staff you have to have a newspaper room you have to have a lot of newspaper stuff to be a biology major you just need some paramecium and a microscope you don't need that much you know <laughs> it's, it's an easier go and uh, and and also you know we we knew not to do the paper right at that point so yeah. If you remember, you have Josh Richland going to Brandon saying, I'm not interested in you with the paper. I want you to get into campus politics. Right. And I never worked for no stinking newspaper, but I sure was, you know, vice president of my high school and president of my class and all that stuff. So I, I wanted the and, and I'm a political junkie, self-avowed. And so I wanted that more yeah. than a newspaper. Chris wants to know for Howard, the DJ, what orange juice goes best uh, best with meth? With pulp or without? This is so Chris, isn't it? it is. This is a Chris. I, you know, I don't know what you look like, but I know this is you. You know, I, I do. He always has these incredible questions. You know it's pulp. <laughs> Zach knows it's pulp. He, he knows it's pulp. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I actually researched this. I, you know, when I, yeah, because when we were getting together the storyline, we had to find a way to deliver the drug to Brian. Because I wanted crystal meth. Because not that I, I did take crystal meth in college, certainly, to stay up. Uh, but, uh, you know, you could snort it then. We couldn't snort it. So I spoke to a friend of mine who was a junkie. And he said, well, you know, you could put it in some orange juice. And that way you get a little nourishment. You get it. You got a hit and you get a little nourishment. Too. <laughs> so I said, okay. So that and that became the thing. And then, you know, God forbid no. we hopefully didn't have kids start that at home. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Did you guess, by the way, Zach and Matthew, did, did you play in these parts? What was it like for you being out in public and stuff? Did you get recognized right away? Or? Uh, it's funny because I would leave when Matthew was coming. You know, Matthew would come in when I was done. So we would cross each other and say hi. I don't know if you remember that. And I would go to the Ralphs on Hazeltine to shop. And I looked like this. I mean, I still look like this. You know? and I, would, yeah. I, I think I wore my own clothes in the show. So I just looked like myself with makeup on. <laughs> and I'd get my little cart and I'd go around Ralph's and then slowly but surely there was like a chain of people that were following you going, that's Howard. 
No, damn. I just look like I popped off the television. Hey, Zach, you know what just, just reminded me of? You said that you have a Matthew story. I have a great Matthew story, Matthew. <laughs> oh, God. You, you helped me. Um, oh, thank goodness. Really, it's a really sweet thing you did. Um, this was 30 years ago. Um, I was, I, there was an episode, I don't know if Gil directed it, but there was an episode that started with a, sh a very complicated shot that needed about three or four focus pulls before it pulled back to see me at the door. And then I had to come in through the door, hit a mark, and say one line. And it was first shot of the day. So it was like really early. And it was so hard to get that they, they kept missing it. And I was on the other side of the door waiting to hear my cue. So I'd hear Brian say his line. I'd walk in. I'd knock on the door. He'd, he'd look at me. And then I'd walk in. I'd hit my mark. And then we always cut. And we did this over and over again. And I, you know, it was six in the morning or something. And I started to fade. And and so I was just walking in, hitting the mark, walking in, hitting the mark, walking in the mark. And eventually I forgot what my line was. <laughs> so I walk in, I hit the mark, and there's silence. And then I went, I'm sorry, what's my line? And the whole group, no! <laughs> and I just, I just, I was like this big. I was so humiliated. And I went, I remember going back around the, the door and, and behind the scene, and I just was like, trying to calm myself down and Brian's laughing at me because you know he thought it was that's what he does yeah and I was just horrified and I was like I'm never acting again I'm gonna you know <laughs> I'm just this is it I'm gonna get fired and then as I was leaving Matthew was coming in and he goes how'd it go today and I said I told you the story and you go oh dude I got you beat he goes the other day I couldn't remember I had one line and I couldn't remember it and Diane is Diane the scripture guy? Diane Soup Valentine. Diane, Valentine. Diane who's so sweet um you kept blowing your line over and over again and finally Diane went in front of everybody Matthew do you want me to tell you what your one line is <laughs> you remember that that is very Diana. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I really respect that. I really respect that. Yeah. Everybody was really supported there. It, 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 oh, yeah. They really were. In fact, my story, I, I don't remember my first scene being with the bicycle. I remember my first time filming was in, there was a classroom scene mm. where I, it's like I was standing and I was standing in front of everyone. And, um, they were setting up the shot, and uh, I standing there. And, and as time goes on, you start panicking. Yeah, oh yeah. You start going, okay, you know, it's like. Yeah, you twitch. You start, oh, getting, you start getting nervous, right? And they said, listen, you know, we're going to, we need a little, uh, we need some time to fix the lighting. You've got, Matt, you've got like, you've got like five minutes. And so I leave my mark and I go into the bathroom and I honestly, I thought I was going to be sick. I was so nervous. And I go into the bathroom. I'm talking to myself. You're okay. You're going to do this. Everything. I'm literally talking myself off the ledge. Me too. And I walk out of the bathroom. I, I might've gotten sick by the way, but it's like, I, I walk out of the bathroom and uh, you know, hair and makeup comes up to me and the sound person, and I can't remember who it was, came up to me and goes, um, are you okay? I said, I went, yeah, of course I'm okay. What are you talking about? He goes, we can hear everything you're saying. <laughs> so he literally heard me in the bathroom walking myself down. Oh, right? oh, 
my God. That is Blake, and it's not. Yeah, either. Blake, exactly. I said, I'm so nervous. They were the most tolerant to people and to know your inner thoughts. So Absolutely, cool. no question. And he literally was like, he really, he was like, it's okay. Yeah. Right? Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. They're just like you, you know, and he's like, he was he was so great and like kind of catapulted me into into that scene. But that was that was that that's what that that's what that set was. Yeah, it's like, because it's like I, you, you go in as an outsider, yeah, and then uh, and it's hard. You know, you think that you're not going to really integrate or like kind of like pierce that that fame. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Yeah, and everybody was so kind. And it's like you know, literally, I'm in the bathroom. Like, 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 literally going, like, and it, you know, honestly, he's probably thinking to himself, "Oh my God, I want to go home today. I want this guy to get this in one." You know what I mean? It's like I want more than like ten takes. It's like, please, just do this and let's get out of here. But he was so kind and really got me, got me through that. Um, so yeah, it's good. Like, you weren't alone, Zach. You, you helped me so much. I was, you just calmed me down. And, and the funny thing is, is we did another take and they got it and I got it and I'm moving on. And, and the take was very, and it was a very complicated shot. So while you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, which director would that be? And then Larry, which director came into my head? Uh, I would say Dan Adius. Richard Lang. Oh, Richard Lang, yeah, yeah. Did he, was, he had the big, yeah, he had he the... Liked the big shot, the move, the this, the this. And it's okay. It took me five hours to set it up, but we're going to do three pages. You know, it's okay. <laughs> hey, Matthew, what about that question Larry asked Zach earlier about um, getting recognized from the show? Did that happen to you a bunch? Um, you know, it was it was surprising how big that show was. It's like you don't you don't realize you don't realize. And yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I think I came back to. You know, I, I lived in Connecticut. I actually still do. And I came back and we were in New York for New Year's Eve. And um, it, it was surprising. I, I had no idea. You had no idea how much that show touches people. I mean, I, you know, no one no one knew who I was. And then suddenly people were like, oh, my God, Dan. <laughs> they must have been mad at you, though. Yeah. Did they give you some shit for Andrea, though, for, uh, you know. I, I, hadn't, I, I hadn't gone south yet, Larry. Oh, you had okay, yeah. I was, what happened? What happened after the episode where you kind of went south on her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, good stuff, guys. Um, is, is there anything else in this episode that we didn't cover? I don't know, Aaron. You would probably know. <laughs> I feel like you um, just yeah, Andrea's whole storyline with the condor. Like, I remember that gave me a lot of anxiety about you know thinking, could I write for my college paper if Andrea couldn't cut it? <laughs> Did you write for your college paper? Did you write for your college paper? I did. I I majored in journalism, but I remember like thinking, you know, I mean, Josh knew who she was, you know, from the blaze. And so I thought, oh, to write for one's college paper, you have to achieve some level of fame at your high school paper. And my high school paper stories were like, meet the new math teacher. So I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and the, the fact that Josh is, you know, he introduces himself and says, I have a low threshold for stupidity. The week need not apply. And then says to that poor guy, what if a giant cow fell on, fell on your flat head? Like, I'm like, yeah, I've never yeah, encountered yeah. anything as cutthroat as, you know. Yeah, no, Josh did a beautiful job in that. Josh Rifkin, his name is? Is that his name? 
Yeah, yeah he, he really, uh, the attitude he has in that thing is phenomenal. He just is so intimidating. And, and the whole episode has that feeling of, you know, stepping into another world. They're not in their high school anymore where they controlled everything. And that's what, you know, Chuck really yeah, wanted. Not, to have not a nurturing environment, not no. the same way. Which, you know, gave us 32 hours worth of stories. So this has been great. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about The Pit and the Pendulum which is a, a an awesome episode we're really looking forward to, that speaking of the Peach Pit. And then uh, well, it will be March 31st for all of you. Uh, it will be a spring training. We're going to talk about some sports and all that stuff. Chuck, are you looking about looking forward to talking about the Pit and the Pendulum? A little bit. You know, I it, it, it cuts close to home because we lost our Peach Pit, was torn down by a developer so here in Beverly Hills. So we, you know, with that, and then because uh, my high school uh, drama teacher is, is a main guest star, made me start thinking about how, how many other actors who did our, our show actually were also taught by John Ingle. So we'll, we'll do a, a run through all of those actors who, who were, uh, cool. you know, learned their trade in high school from uh, in Beverly Hills. Very good stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think this. I think we kind of nailed this episode, though, right? And the sports. It's good one. to see everybody. It's, it's great oh, to see God. Zach in Vegas and Matthew in Connecticut. Gil, where are you? Vancouver. Uh, Studio City. Oh, oh, I thought you said Canada. Studio okay, City. Great. Oh, good. You're oh. right here. Hang with us, okay? And Aaron's in New York. We know, and Chuck's in Venice, and down the road and down the pier. That's Marino, right. Right. Mm. All right, guys. Well, this has been great. Matthew and Zach and Gil, it's always it's really great to see see you. And hopefully great. as we do more episodes and if you guys pop in, we'll call you back and uh, you can sure. join, join the show. Yeah. Good seeing you all. Yeah. Good seeing you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Great, guys. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Rock on.